Hi there, and welcome to the Women on Amazon podcast. My name is Regina Peterbergsky, and I am your host. As an Amazon FBA seller and coach, I'm in the trenches daily supporting my family by building Amazon brands. Here, you'll be hearing the journeys of some amazing women who have changed their lives through Amazon and e-commerce, as well as strategies and tips on how you too can create a better future for yourself and your loved ones. Welcome back to the Women on Amazon podcast. This is episode 32 and uh, today uh, Chris Thomas from the Australian Seller and I uh, have a chat about all the different ways that you can make money on Amazon and it was a really interesting and thought-provoking episode so much that um, I'm actually going to make this into a series. So the next few episodes, I will be covering some of the topics that Chris and I talked about today in greater detail. And I will be talking to people who are actually using some of the methods and strategies that Chris and I talk about to make money in their businesses. So I hope you enjoy uh, the chat that Chris and I had today. Uh, just very quickly, if you haven't had a chance to download my Amazon listing checklist yet, you can do so for free from the link that's in the episode show notes. So the show notes for this episode are um, womenonamazon.com slash 32. And uh, again, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as, as Chris and I enjoyed making it. Yes, welcome, 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 Chris. Oh, again, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's always fun to catch up and chew the fat with you, Regina. So, let's, so I'm really so looking forward to, to having a chat to you today uh, about all the different ways that we can sell on Amazon. That's going to be exciting. That's that's what I was wanting to talk about. So, for people who have not heard of you and your great podcast, which is The Australian Seller, and I recommend that everybody who's listening to this, if they haven't got onto Chris's podcast, please do. Um, so for people who don't know your story, just very quickly, tell me about your background in business and how you got into Amazon. 50 words or less, yeah? In, well, no, you can have 250, All right. <laughs> like a product title. <laughs> well, I'm pretty old, so the story goes for a long time, but I will try and make it as short as possible and as concise as possible. So I started selling uh, online uh, back in 2001. Uh, the, this is the olden days. In the olden, olden days. days. So, yeah. Wow, I, that's, that's caveman stuff for, for online, isn't it? <laughs> it was, yes. Uh, so... And I just had a single product business back then, and I, I kind of still do. It's a single niche, I suppose, um, plus a few other little things that I've got going on. But, um, you know, I've, I've run a Kickstarter project in 2013 and raised 110,000 US dollars for that on a, on a new version of one of my products. Uh, I launched on Amazon. I started selling their private label in 2014 towards the end. Uh, have had a sort of an up and down journey with Amazon in the in the interim between now and then. Things are a little down right now, but I've had some really, really great years. Uh, I got into wholesale actually, which is perhaps one of the things that we'll talk about today. Um, back in about 2016, and uh, and that that made me quite a lot of money on Amazon as well. I'm not doing it anywhere near as much as what I used to, but I'm 
looking at potentially getting back into that uh, in the next year or two. So, yeah, I, look, I hope that sort of gives you a sense of, you know, what I'm doing and where I've been. Okay. And so, um, so you said 2016 you got onto Amazon? Or, no, that was wholesale. So when That's did you correct. first get onto Amazon? That was 2014. So 14. we just was, moved was as a family. Was that with a private label? Uh, that was private label, yeah. So, well, it was my own branded products that I was – I wasn't sort of taking a product from Alibaba and slapping my own brand name on it. I was actually – these were right. my own it inventions own product. and, and products, yeah, mm-hmm. proprietary okay. products, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, as, as you said, but what I wanted to talk about today is all the different ways that Amazon can be used as a platform for people who are looking to sell. I've personally only ever done uh, FBA or pri- private label. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, you know, I'm aware that there are so many others. So I'm hoping you can educate me on <laughs> different ways <laughs> that people. Well, because you know, these days private label is is fantastic, and I and I still recommend it. However, in the years since I first started, which is you know five years or so, it's becoming a little bit more complicated and perhaps um, a little bit more expensive to to get in um, for people. But there are other ways that that you can use the power of Amazon as a platform. Um, yes. So let's uh, work our way through some of the different ways that people can make money on Amazon, perhaps without doing a private label themselves. Sounds like a plan. Yes, what let's would do be... it. Okay, well, let, let's obviously do it. The, so... the easiest the easiest way. Well, I wouldn't call it easy, but um, affiliate marketing. I mean, if you deliver some traffic into Amazon uh, and that traffic is tracked through an Amazon Associates account uh, and the traffic that you deliver to Amazon results in the sale of a product, then you will get a small, and I think at the moment it's actually even, it's getting smaller and smaller. It's smaller, hasn't it's it? Tiny. They've yeah, just, I, cut, they've just cut all of those. <laughs> is that something that you've done or you know people who've done? Uh, look, I've used affiliate marketing in the, I wouldn't say marketing, sorry. I've used affiliate tracking in the past. So I do have an Amazon Associates account to track conversions of marketing campaigns. Um, we don't need right. to do that as much anymore with Amazon mm-hmm. um, attribution. attribution. Uh, but uh, yeah, but I, I, it's still there. I mean, they don't sort of kick you out if you don't deliver any traffic or anything, So, but it's there. Uh, but I, I've never actually done it full time as a way of making money, for example, but I know um, of Lots of people that have made a great living delivering traffic, you know, building out these niche sites that you see all the time. So, you know, review sites about a particular, you know, product type uh, might be a circular saw, for example, and they'll review the top seven circular saws for 2020 and, you know, circular saws reviews.com, you know, that sort of stuff. So, yes, yep. there's a lot of that, um, right. that sort of SEO, you know, really good SEO people um, can build out a website that's very, very focused and very niched and very themed and Google loves that stuff. So you can rank pages and content from a site like that reasonably easy. And then you, of course, um, then deliver traffic through to Amazon and hopefully, you know, that that results in some sales and you make a bit of money from that. So I guess that's one way you can do it. The money is made as as a commission that Amazon then pays you into your Amazon Associates account for having driven traffic to Amazon. Fantastic. So that's that's probably the first one. The second one, uh, this was really big um, Mm -hmm. and has really come off for a couple of reasons, which I'll talk about in a second, but retail arbitrage or online arbitrage, and there's a difference between the two. So retail arbitrage is basically when you get your shopping trolley and you wander around the 
clearance aisles of various supermarkets or department stores. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, it's real boots on the ground stuff. And you can pick up all of the sort of, you know, the liquidation, uh, you know, products and stuff from a retail store, and then you can take them home and jump on a Amazon listing uh, Mm -hmm. and sell those products as a competing offer. And um, yes, I've, I've heard, I, I actually have friends who, who do make reasonably good livings doing this. Um, so, what's the pluses and the minuses of doing a RA, as it's technically called? That's correct, RA. Yes. Uh, well, the, the the probably the the positive side of it is that um, you know it's it's a quick way of making money without having to invest a huge amount of inventory. You know, in a huge amount of money in inventory. So it took me a little while to get that out. Yeah. Um, I think the the and look the other the con side of it would be um, that Amazon is getting much more restrictive uh, f- uh, with regards to online and retail arbitrage because they're looking for and asking sellers who sell those types of items for invoices and most people yes. only have receipts. That's right. I, I remember and, with that when that changed and, and yes, some of the, there was there was chatter in the, the Facebook groups going well. Why can't I use my Walmart receipt? Because it's not uh, an invoice. Anymore. So that's yeah, right. that that that's a big that's caused a lot of issues for some of the um, online and retail arbitrages. Um, what, what's the difference between retail arbitrage and online arbitrage? Just just before we go on. Um, sure. So online arbitrage is when you order products online from mm-hmm. you know uh, some kind of sale that some department store or online website might be having. And you can pick those items up, obviously, very cheaply, and have them delivered to your house. So you're not actually boots on the ground walking around a department oh, store. Oh, right. Okay. Um, gotcha. So, so it's a lot. Uh, online arbitrage is a lot more efficient in terms of your time because that's, a, I guess, one of the big cons of retail arbitrage is that you really are working for a living. Like you've got to find those <laughs> those deals, and then you've got to go to the store, and you've got to buy the stuff, and then you've got to you know wait in a checkout queue, and then you've got to put it in your car, and you've got to drive all the way back home again uh, right. before so, you so can in, even start. So in both of those cases, you're actually still physically taking control of, of the inventory. So you've got boxes in your house or your garage or whatever that you're then relabeling and shipping back to Amazon, correct? That is absolutely correct, yes. So you're basically and just how would stickering do the, that? the items and sending them in, yeah. Okay, so you, you, you stick the FNSQ uh, label on it. So how would we do that uh, for USA if we we're in Australia? If we're in Australia, um, that's you can definitely do it if you have a USA seller account. It's just a matter of finding those specials and or those products. And if you see a discrepancy where you can arbitrage the price, so if the price in the United States is twenty bucks and you're picking it up for two, uh, two Australian dollars or you know equivalent currency stuff of say you know two US or three US, um, then you know you can you can definitely pop some items into an Australia Post satchel and have them delivered to Amazon in the United States and they'll be received in inventory and you can FBA them. Mm-hmm. And what about if I'm uh, buying it in the US and want to sell in the US, but I'm in Australia? If you're buying in the US, yeah. So that the, <laughs> the only way to do it then would be online arbitrage. So in that case, you would need a third-party uh, prep center, a three PL, a prep center, a three PL. That's right. Who would receive those items uh, and stick them up for you, and then, of course, on send into an Amazon warehouse for sale. Right. Mm. So, so there's there's obviously a, a cost in that. Okay. Yes. And so, are you aware of how people are getting around this um, uh, invoicing issue? Um, the really I, dumb I ones. With, 
uh, basically trying to um, forge invoices and make up their, oh, okay. their own. Mm, dear. Uh, okay. That doesn't really work. So really, um, no, I don't. I actually don't know a way around it um, other than you can do it until you get asked, I guess, and then eventually right. you probably, you know, I don't see it as a long-term play uh, as an Amazon seller. Right. Okay. But but it may be a way to to get started and build up some cash. Um, yeah. And I, I guess with with the brands now, you know, with Amazon tightening down with uh, brand registry, um, and uh, a lot of the brands sort of you know tightening up who can sell on their listings. Uh, you're right. I, I think that's that's a harder and harder uh, way to do it. Correct. I would agree with that. I think it's. Uh yeah, just to your point, I mean, I've got a, uh, some students at the moment that are actually trying to create products on Amazon. They're not brand registered. It is a nightmare at the moment. What used to be a really simple process of adding a new product to Amazon's Amazon's catalog is turning into an absolute bun fight with seller support and GT, um, you know GS1 barcodes and you know GTINX and oh man, it's it's crazy right God. now. <laughs> it's, it, it, oh. Honestly, they're pushing now to the point where. Um, I know this is slightly straying off topic, but it, it seems to me that it won't be long before Amazon will only allow trademarked and you know, genuine brand owners to sell brand products. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think in the long term is not a bad thing. You know, I agree. I think uh, it protects their customers. Stop, protects everybody. Protects yeah. their genuine sellers. Protects their customers. Um, uh, no, I, I think long term it's a good thing. It's, it's obviously going to cause some short term pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also going to stop the tire kickers coming in, going, "Hey, let's let's see if I can do this, and, and if it fails, well, then, if, then I fail." And really, going to keep the you know, proper business people in. I think that's, that's correct. That's my, yes, that's I will say this that. though is that um, it it is still it depends on the marketplace uh, in terms of you know the sort of the restrictions around product creation and even getting an Amazon seller account. It's a lot easier to get one, for example, in the newer marketplaces like Singapore and Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Just a lot more difficult when it's a lot more competitive and Amazon's already got, you know, 5,650 silicon spatulas for sale. You know, so they just don't need any more. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> there's probably, there's probably more than that, yeah. But, uh, you know, they just don't need mm-hmm. more people selling the same stuff. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, right. So we've covered affiliate. We've covered retail and online arbitrage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Dropshipping, I think, should get drop, a mention as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yep, so, tell me about that. All right, so dropshipping is when you don't own the inventory but you take an order and you mm-hmm. place that, you basically on send that order that you've received to someone that has the inventory and can ship it directly to the customer on, on your behalf. God, I hope that makes sense. So, uh, for, okay. example, <laughs> for example, for uh, uh, oh, just sorry, I'm just having a mental blank, but um, – I am having a mental blank. Can we cut this out, this bit? Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not that technical. But, uh, but yeah, look, drop, drop shipping anyway, is so, where, where you yes. uh, access somebody who's got the stock, you make your listing. Because so, I know, for example, I don't sell at the moment on eBay in America. However, my product is available on eBay in America. And the only way that the eBay sellers can access my products is if they're actually physically buying it from Amazon and then on selling it to uh, to their eBay customers. Now, I know for a fact that those people don't actually physically buy. They place an order on Amazon from um, and ship it from Amazon to their eBay customer. So that's an example of drip, drop shipping. Now, I don't know how much money they make. They might make 
you know, 50 cents or a dollar by the time they've paid their eBay fees uh, and paid me full retail whack for my product. Um, is that what you were trying to figure out? No. Well, uh, yes. I mean, you've, no? explained it, you've explained it perfectly. I was actually just trying to remember one of my guests' names and uh, and uh, who who did some dropshipping and um, and I, I was just struggling to remember their name because of the pressure and now I feel really bad. So I don't, I don't want to <laughs> use okay. that. No, you're all good. Um, That's all right. But basically what, what Ed was doing, it's Ed Wiley. So, Ed, if you're listening, I'm, I do apologize. But Ed Wiley from OFX. So, he created an Amazon seller account here in Australia. And so, he was actually drop shipping out of China. I mean, he created um, hundreds, I think, or at least scores of listings on Amazon Australia and was drop shipping out of AliExpress. So right. Put all okay. The so that's up. that's another way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So he was putting up all the listings, and then when someone ordered from ordered one of the products from Amazon Australia, he would uh, place the order through AliExpress, and Ali, you know the vendor because AliExpress is a marketplace just like Amazon. Um, of course, that vendor would ship directly to the Australian customer here. So that's um, that that was sort of the example I was trying to scratch around for before. Sorry okay. about that. Uh, no, that's all right. Well, well, that's uh, because I know, and I personally know people who build not don't use Amazon, but but build Shopify stores and make millions of dollars doing exactly that. Um, mm. So. Um, so he did that with Amazon Australia, and how did he find it? I'm guessing now AliExpress at the moment is it's difficult to ship, but um, was yeah. was that something that he was successful at? Well, actually, uh, I don't think it made him a lot of money. The reason why was because he was doing it right at the beginning of Amazon Australia, so there wasn't a right, lot of so customers anyway. Low. So there was mm-hmm. traffic was very low, but really his strategy was to put a lot of irons in the fire, lots of lines in the water to try and find out what was likely to sell and you know what was actually going to sell and what wasn't. And so it helped him then to focus in on his private label. So he was able to go, right, well, I'm selling right. quite a lot of these units, so I'm going to private label something like this and then I'll ditch the drop shipping and I'll make more margin with a private label offer. Uh, yeah, so, so that was sort of his approach there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, did you interview him? Is there an episode that, that we can link to of your podcast for, for that? There absolutely is. And in fact, I will send and that to you, you after this because I can't remember Perfect. exactly which episode no, it is. And okay. I don't want to get it wrong. No, that's all right. But it, they'll definitely be in the show notes uh, of this episode on my website, <laughs> linking back to <laughs> your episode <laughs> regarding dropshipping on Amazon here in Australia. That sounds really fascinating. Yeah, that's um, good. That's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What else? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm guessing that everybody knows what private label is, so I don't know yes, whether but, we need to. Well, do you want to cover well, that? Well, let's, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover off private label, um, and that's pretty much what the focus of my podcast has been for the last year. Um, however, you know, everybody in this time of COVID-19 is looking to pivot, um, but, but let's, let's cover off the pluses and minuses of private label. What do you consider sure. to be the pluses? Private label, is, well, first of all, it means that you can build a brand around your own products, which isn't possible to do uh, if you're arbitraging or drop shipping or, or even doing wholesale. Um, so, private label does help you or, or enable you to, to create a brand, and that is a really valuable thing to do. Um, there's typically a lot more margins in private label, typically, uh, if you do it properly. And... Um, you know, but there's a lot of, I guess, on the con side, there's a lot of issues or problems sometimes around managing cash flow because you have to buy inventory, and often you need to buy, you know, there's minimum order quantities around ordering that inventory, um, and then you've got to ship it as well. So 
you know, you can have a lot of money or capital tied up in inventory. And if it's not selling, that can really compound things quite quickly for you. Uh, but it can also cause problems as well if it's really selling well and you have spent all of your initial startup capital on your first batch of inventory and you're waiting to get paid by Amazon for the products that you've sold. Uh, it can put you behind in terms of being able to reorder. And uh, yeah, so there's look, there's a lot of complications when it comes to private label. Yes. But it is getting a lot more competitive as well, as we know. And what that means, I guess, is it's not it just would be very inadvisable now to jump on Alibaba and grab a garlic press and, you know, put it in a box with your own brand branded label on it. The, yeah, those days you've are got long, to be, long, long. And, and we've discussed this uh, with a lot of our guests that, that mm. you've really got to be adding value, looking to improve that that garlic press or spatula, um, and an ebook. You know, won't cut it anymore. You know, what what, it, what value are you adding to your product? What are you going to create? You know, it's a it's a proper proper business. Yes, so, it is. Yeah. Um, but there's there's still huge upside. You know, there's a lot of people making a lot of money. Um, you know, and if and it's still something that I personally recommend if you consider it as a proper business and not a get rich quick scheme. Um, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, that's spot on. I've just thought of two, I've thought of two other things. Merch. Have you had any uh, oh. experience with Amazon Merch? Well, I did get an Amazon, Amazon Merch account. I do have one. I mm-hmm. haven't uh, mm-hmm. played with it. I thought about it for a while. I was actually thinking about doing like <laughs> letters and numbers on T-shirts in different styles. Oh, okay. So, so that people mm-hmm. like, you know, um, I was sort of thinking about like a college game of football or something where in America I kind of see all the kids, you know, five or six of them in a row with like each each uh, T-shirt had a different, you know, uh, I'm with stupid or no, no one's going, oh, yeah, yeah. don't do that. But you know what I mean? Like so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so explain for, for people who don't know what the Amazon Merch platform is and how it works. And I believe at the moment it may have been shut temporarily because I think of, it has been on. suspended. I don't think they're taking any new uh, any new designs from Merch, uh, you know, from, yeah, from but, but, vendors. Yeah, but it's a, it's a temporary thing, so, so we'll talk yes. about it anyway. Yep. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, so Amazon Merch is where it's a print-on-demand. So what you need to do is, mm-hmm. uh, as a Merch seller is to put your designs up onto Amazon that are not, you know, copyrighted designs. You can't put a Nike tick, for example, <laughs> on a, you know, <laughs> load that up yes. there. And so you've got to be very careful and make sure that they're, they're your original designs or that you have a license in order uh, to be able to use those designs to be printed on lots of different types of merch. So uh, and the most obvious one is like hoodies and T-shirts. And I know that Amazon is expanding Amazon merch all the time so that you can, you know, uh, print on hats. I don't know if they're actually doing that at the moment, but um, that. I knew that I know that they were looking to really expand the range of things that you can um, that they can print on. Right. So, so, so this is Amazon's own printing. So, so they've got their own printing presses. Yes, they do. So, this is actually uh, within Amazon's because I've actually had experience with you know print on demand using an F off Amazon um, merchant, uh, and they are uh, linked directly. You, you put things into their platform and it links directly with Amazon and, you know, do coffee cups and and mugs and, and all sorts. And, in fact, I got an email yesterday saying they're now doing face masks, print on demand. Um, uh, that doesn't surprise me. One little bit, that's yeah. – <laughs> so, 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 let, let, so let's talk about talk about that. So, so that that's also you – know, I have personally had experience with that and what I've found is it's a very doable, uh, doable business. However, it's extremely time-consuming because how that – 
that uh, particular thing works is, you know, again, you don't own the product. Uh, you only buy it when you sell it. Um, and, you know, you might make two, three bucks here and there. Um, and uh, it's, it's one of those is more lines in the water uh, you have, the better it is. The people I know who are making money on it literally have thousands and thousands of SKUs. That's right. You need to go that, very, that very wide. Of. Yeah, shallow and wide with merch. Yeah, you can't just be relying on one T-shirt or <laughs> one design. Yeah, exactly. So, so you can either – yeah. You can either do it as a, a using the merch account, or how I've done it is I've actually just used used my Amazon uh, seller account and have done them as FBM orders, mm-hmm. and then my drop shipping company, the the print on demand drop shipping company, will send out the orders once they're placed. I think I've sold two mugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> not selling it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not a big part of my business. <laughs> but uh, but, but like, like everything, I haven't put a lot of time and energy, you know, again, the people I know who are doing well in this are literally, you know, doing, you know, 100 new designs uh, a month or more and they're just churning them out, churning them out, churning them out. So, again, it's it's a full-time, if that's, that's the way you want to do it, there's amazing opportunities. Uh, you've just got to focus on which one you, you want to go to. Right, so yes. Birch. What about Amazon Handmade? I don't know about Amazon Handmade. Tell me, do you yes. know much about that? Oh, not much, but I know that um, it's a pretty big category on Amazon. It's I believe only available in the United States at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that they, was they try, they're trying to uh, to sort of give Etsy a run for their money. Yes, of course they are. Yes, if they can't, <laughs> if, if, if Amazon can't, can't buy your yeah, no, it's not join them. It's basically compete head to head. Can't buy them. We'll yeah. compete with them. Right, <laughs> knock them out. That's exactly right. So, I think um, you know, I don't think Amazon's quite having the same you know the success that it was hoping for to to knock Etsy out, but. Um, it's it is basically a way where uh, it's it's strictly FBM or fulfillment by merchant with handmade because clearly if you're going to buy something that's handmade it has to be made for you, um, and it sort of blends a little bit with Amazon Custom as well, which is another um, another uh, area of Amazon's business, which where you know it's a little bit like Amazon Merch. Um, yes. So you know you you uh, like you were talking about the coffee mug. Um, people can upload their own designs or have something engraved on something through Amazon Custom. Right. And then Amazon Handmade, uh, for example, might be, you know, you wouldn't get a, I'm just trying to think, like a carved statue or something like that, um, something that's clearly handmade, then uh, you can, uh, as a customer, you can place that order and, and the merchant will, you know, run off and, and carve that thing or print that thing for you using a screen print or whatever. So, um, yeah, there, there are a couple of other little programs as well that it sort of sit on the sidelines too. Of course, there's Launchpad. So if you have a new design or, you know, like you're a Kickstarter project, Amazon has Launchpad, uh, which is sort of- Tell me about that because that's something mm. that you have had uh, experience with. Did you use Launchpad or you, you were a Kickstarter? Is this instead of or as well as Kickstarter? It's actually after Kickstarter. It's a way, It's I guess it was a program that Amazon set up to bring new novel and innovative products onto the platform. So um, it helps- Creators of of uh, you know, of Kickstarter campaigns or indeed Indiegogo campaigns, any kind of crowdsource campaign, um, I believe it's invite only, but I've got a feeling that you can apply. Maybe um, don't don't quote me. Uh, and Amazon will then. Uh, it's also like a first party model too, so you actually need to sell your products wholesale 
to Amazon and they sort of take care of the rest. Uh, but right. you, okay. yeah, it's it's not ideal for a lot of sellers or creators, and so I often recommend don't go with the Launchpad model, particularly in the United States. And it is available here in Australia, and I, I believe in most marketplaces. Um, but yeah, it's a way it's a way for creators to Cause, sort of because because it seems like Launchpad has changed. Because I think when they first had it, it was if you or was that Amazon exclusives? Is that a different? You know, <laughs> so many oh, different. God, I know. I, I keep forgetting them all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's too many programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some you know live on and others die a slow and painful death but um yeah so uh, launchpad where were we with that yeah so that's um the advantages of not launchpad is that uh you you know you can sort of quickly commercialize your product idea after your uh, campaign. So remember that campaigns yes. only run for thirty days or maybe sixty on a yes. good day. So you need to quickly pivot to suddenly going from a a uh, big burst of activity around a, a Kickstarter campaign or a crowdfunding campaign to a sustainable business, and um, yes, you know, so and and Launchpad can help you do that. So uh, yeah, that's that's pretty useful. Um, I uh, the I guess the last one would be that I can think of anyway, unless you can think of any more, would be um, wholesale, which we haven't wholesale. talked about. So yeah, we haven't talked about that, and that's something that I've been sort of doing some. Um, research in uh, recently because I think uh, from what I've seen and perhaps you can tell, well in fact you will tell me more about it it's a it's a interesting business model and a great way to to make money without actually having to own your uh, own a lot of stock or building your own brand so tell me about wholesale and how it works and how, how you got in and what you did Sure. Well, I, I joined a course a few years back, back in obviously 2016, <laughs> I think, which I would mm-hmm. talked about at the top of the show, which was the wholesale formula um, with Dan Meadows uh, and oh, I think he had another business partner at the time and I've forgotten his name now. I think I don't think he's there or maybe Dan's left. I, anyway, I can't remember what happened, but um, mm-hmm. basically what happened there was that my daughter was actually watching a YouTube video and was looking at a squishy type it was like a right i don't know like these really soft oh, kind of like a squeeze yes, ball or a yes. stress ball but they're in the yes. shape oh of- look we've we've there's one in my house there is one in my house which uh is being used on a daily basis in bed with my child so yes i know what a squishy is <laughs> that's awesome anyway they were very hot back in 2016 and and oh they um, still are i think <laughs> yeah they're still they they have their little to a degree and troughs yeah yep so she was watching this video and it had only been on YouTube for about two or three weeks or something and it already had about 2.1 million views and I was like, wow. oh, my God, this is um, – because she was saying, Dad, you should sell this on Amazon. <laughs> so okay. I started looking mm-hmm. at it. And so that's sort of what got me into the wholesale form because I was like, well, there's already, that product is already on Amazon and it's owned by a brand called – I think the brand right. name was iBloom out of Japan and mm-hmm. – it, tell me if I'm going too slow with this story and boring you to tears. No, but, no, 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 not at all. No, no, no. You're all good. So you didn't, you didn't think of of copying and creating your own. You didn't think that. Was no, a no. I kind of got it that the brand on this particular product was, you know, the thing that really sold it. There was a lot of generic. There's a lot of generic stuff happening in the squishy world. But anyway, um, yes. So I approached the brand owner in Japan. And they got back to me and said, yeah, if you want to wholesale our product, you're welcome to. Like, we've got a minimum of order. You need to buy 500 squishies of here are the prices. And what I noticed, uh, so then I did the uh, wholesale formula course. 
and worked out exactly how, like, for example, the buy box works and how to how to compete with the existing – there was only one existing seller. And I knew that they were using FBM to fulfill the product or right. fulfillment by merchant. They were using FBA. So – and their price was very high, and I knew from all the tools like Jungle Scout, and I think Helium Ten was getting started then, that that they were making some good money. Like it was about three or four thousand US dollars a month as an FBM um, offer. So I kind of knew from the wholesale formula pretty quickly that if I matched the same price but used FBA, that I would win the buy box and take over all of their sales. And so what I did was I ordered. I think I started with an order of 500 units of um, mm-hmm. squishy. Whatever the minimum was, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was Billy the Whale. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, got, we've got Coralina. Well, there actually, I don't think Coralina is her real name. I think I think she re- renamed it Coralina. I'm not quite sure what it was originally. It's some green thing. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so these little whales went from one end, of, one end of the world to the other, ended up in an Amazon warehouse and went bonkers. So it right. went from, you know, the incumbent seller was doing about four grand a month. I I literally came in and straight away was doing fifty or sixty, you know, seventy units a day at um at thirty wow. bucks each. Yeah, and nice. my profit margin was um about ten dollars a unit. So nice. that that lasted for a good sort of three or four months, I suppose, and then it sort of came off a bit because I think it's a little bit of a trendy thing. But yeah, it was a big, yeah. big sugar hit. So I was left with a little bit nice. of stock. Um, I moved. I, I, I sent some into the UK to sell through my UK seller account as well. That that went quite well. Um, but anyway, so that was sort of my journey there. And then I started wholesaling Australian products into the United States. So there were things like wind nice. chimes and sunscreen. Even though I didn't have FDA approval, so hopefully the FDA is not listening. But I would, I would, <laughs> I would <laughs> so, send. So was this was this products that already had listings, or is this? Yes. Uh, did, or did you create list listings? For Actually, them? it was a bit of a combination of both. So most of the time, I was creating the listings from scratch because it was it wasn't really wholesale. It was kind of taking branded products from Australia and selling them into a new marketplace. Um, right. But in on some uh, for some listings. Uh, yeah, I was actually jumping on existing products. So, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, it was quite good. I've still got that account, that seller account. I just um, haven't really um, – it sort of died a little bit. I, I got distracted with, with podcasts and other things <laughs> but, and but, life. Yeah, well, as, 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 as we do. And so what's, what are the, the pluses and minuses of doing a, like a, a wholesale approach? Well, the, the pluses are that wholesale products um, – Particularly established branded products tend to just sell really well. Um, you know, you don't have to build a brand or do anything like that. Like, yes. There's a lot of trust associated with those products, so they, they're already selling. So that's a plus. the The con on wholesale is that often there are a lot of other sellers who are also fighting for the buy box um, with their offers for you know on the same product. They already have the same product for sale as well as you do. So. That can create quite a lot of competition, um, and you, you know, if you're not a competitive offer, it can, or if you want to be competitive, it can really eat into your margins. So your margins are margins. typically very, very tight, or they can be. Um, so you know, the, obviously the key so, to so it. I'm guessing that. Um, yep. Yep. I was I'll, just going to say it's going to be my my question. Yeah, key, uh, so to tell me, what is the key to it? <laughs> well, the key I believe is to try and uh, secure some kind of. Uh, exclusive, you know, uh, relationship with the with the brand owner or the manufacturer, so that um, other sellers can be removed 
from the listing and then it's just you uh, work, you know, basically taking over what the brand owner should be doing themselves, which is to run an Amazon business on their behalf with their products as a partner. So that's I would have thought the other one is is finding, you know, spending a bit more time researching and finding products that are a little bit less, you know, have got fewer sellers on them. Um, well, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, I guess that's, um, of course, the easiest way to do it. Um, the tricky bit, though, is that you do find those products, but then you reach out to the brand owner or wholesale manufacturer um, and they just say, we're just not taking applications for wholesale orders from right. from people we don't know. Yeah, so uh, and that's that's another con of wholesale is that uh, particularly in the US, a lot of brand owners are just bombarded with you know folks saying, "Hey, we want to sell your you know we want to wholesale your products and we want to sell your products on Amazon." It's like, well, we've already got you know fifteen thousand of those people <laughs> selling our stuff. <laughs> oh, look, we I, don't I, need I any more. Three a week. I get two or three yeah. a week, and I don't sell to any of them. You know, <laughs> that's right. Um, but uh, but but yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there's there's guys like Trent uh, Trent Dersmer, Um I believe you've met him actually. Oh yes, I know, I know Trent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I know you Trent. Get him on the show. He does very well with this. Uh, I will actually. I, I need to reach out. Uh, he and I met at a uh, what, where did we meet two years ago at a ClickFunnels event? Would you believe? <laughs> oh, I can believe it. So, he's well, he's pretty sharp, that, Trent. That, but uh, yeah, and yeah. he's got his own podcast as well. I'll I'll link to that as well. Actually, oh, that'd be good. I didn't realize he had one of those. Yes, yes, yeah. He's he's had a. In fact, he, he's the one that got me into podcasting or got me interested in podcasting when when I met him a couple of years ago. Okay, that's awesome. I uh, yeah, I'll, so Trent, I'll put a link to the podcast in the show onto his podcast in the show notes as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, thank you because I'll, I'll follow that link and I'm going to go and have a listen to his <laughs> show. So uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, with, so with Trent, he he's an industrial um, wholesaling guy. So what that means is that yes. um, he literally has VAs and they create huge lists of Excel spreadsheets or you know Google Docs or whatever to um, to find all these brand owners and then they just you know bombard them. Uh, with with you know requests to wholesale their products, wholesale. Um, yep. and and eventually you know they kind of um, get one or two perhaps a week uh, who are prepared to wholesale to them. So you really got to be able to sell yourself and sell yourself, the benefits yes. and the reasons as to why uh, you know a brand owner would want to wholesale to you, um, and that can be tricky sometimes, particularly in the US. But here in Australia, I think it's a lot easier. And I think that there's a huge, huge opportunity to be wholesaling United States product or products manufactured in the US or certainly US brand owners. Uh, and then perhaps in Australia. Yeah. And then actually um, either importing them into Australia, which is probably not such a great idea with the way that the Australian dollar is you know, kind of pretty dynamic at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, sort of look at doing it that way. Or the other way, of course, which is to take existing products like a packet of Tim Tams. <laughs> Yes, (laughs) which are selling very well. Are we able able to sell Tim Tams into the US? (laughs) If you can get them through customs, I'm sure you'll be fine. So, (laughs) so well, yeah, as as we know, that there's more than one one way to skin a cat, and so I I guess from again from the research I've done, the um, one of the pluses of of wholesale is your initial funds. You you don't need to have you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars up your sleeve. To buy product as you do these days with a private label, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you could you could easily spend lots and lots of money, uh, but yeah, you can actually get into the wholesale type model of selling on Amazon a lot less expensively than say going with private label. So yeah, it's definitely something that you could look at doing for sure. 
Yeah, I like it. Fabulous. Mm. Oh, I need to get back oh, into it. Good. Yeah. I do. So, where are you? Where are you personally spending most of your time these days? I know you're doing sort of a lot of coaching, obviously, with the podcast. Um, what else are you you doing um, these days? I've actually been dragged back into doing search engine optimization, which was one of my previous careers. I've had quite a lot of careers. I used to be a cartographer, so I used to make maps for a living for Lonely Planet. Wow. Um, and then I, <laughs> I sold golf software for ages and with my uncle, and then I got into um, serious SEO and ran an agency for about seven or eight years with a, a, from just me up to about 15 to 20 people. Um, so... Yeah, I just uh, I, I'm quite passionate about SEO, so I've actually just been doing a few SEO projects of late and really enjoying those. So yeah, all sorts oh, of stuff. I also fabulous. have another another little business as well called Amazon Sales, and that does help uh, Amazon or, or Australian brands sell on Amazon, in particularly United States. Right. So I've got a, I've got a handful of clients through there, which is a lot of fun too. So just you know, help them navigate the waters there, and help them get their products nice. established on on Amazon in the US, and yeah, it's good. Nice, nice, nice. And so, how have you been using this uh, time at home? <laughs> uh, well, in the, this last <laughs> literally four, four weeks, six weeks into it now, uh, pretty much. Are you pivoting, pivoting, or are you, uh, or are you sort of just doing more of the same? It's tricky because we moved house um, about th- two and a half to three weeks ago, so I've actually been renovating a lot. Um, so I've right. been, I've, yeah. Anyway, it's quite boring, but I've dropped off. Um, quite a bit in terms of the Amazon mm-hmm. world, um, but I, yes. I will be back. Uh, I've just been, to, yeah, settling into this new house and, and fixing floors and other f- things that it needed doing before we could move in properly. So, yeah, that's almost And it. so one last question because we've covered off. What have we covered? I've got my notes here. We've covered affiliates, arbitrage, dropshipping, FBA private label, uh, and wholesale. So if somebody's looking to start – and are looking at Amazon as a platform, what would be your top one or two recommendations? Like where would you say would be the best use of their time and money right now? <sighs> really no hard. Pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> I, I actually think probably the easiest way to get on Amazon is is to start with online arbitrage. So looking for those opportunities where you can buy something cheap online and you know, create a listing or jump on a listing that's already on Amazon Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably wouldn't be doing that in the United States, but I think here in Australia it's definitely still possible to do that. So look for really good selling branded products on Amazon Australia and then see if you can find uh, a or get a secure some kind of wholesale relationship with the brand owner and uh, you know, jump on the listing if it's possible. Um, right. So, so, the, so that's more wholesale, really. Uh, it's sort of, or it's a, it's a. Um, well, sorry. Online, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I online. mean, it, exactly. Sorry, I'm getting getting confused there. But um, yeah, or doing both. Yeah. So I think it's it's yep. it's a potentially a bit a blend of arbitrage and, and wholesale. That's probably the easiest ways to get set up, and also to learn how Amazon works because it is a complicated yes. beast. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Great. Well, fabulous. Well, thank you for that. And um, we'll talk again very, very soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Chris. Wow. So did you know that there was that many ways to make money on Amazon? I have to say I certainly didn't because I've been very much focused on private label for the last five years. But uh, there is more than one way to skin a cat. So I'm very excited because Trent Deersmid, who is probably the 
best uh, proponent for the wholesale business model has agreed to be a guest on my podcast so watch out for the next episode dropping in the next couple of days where Trent and I discuss how he's made millions upon millions of dollars using the wholesale formula method so uh, watch out for the next episode dropping within the next few days So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and were able to pick up at least one nugget that you can put into action straight away. Please subscribe to and rate this podcast and remember to check out the website womenonamazon.com to get all the information on today's guests as well as links and discount codes to any products or services mentioned. And remember, don't wait for perfect. Get started now.